0: It's time for Running building the game, the building game, the game with, with Jason and friends. And friends. friends. Building the game, building the game the with Jason and friends. Building the game with Jason and friends. It's at the end, end of the episode that's when it technically ends. Hello and welcome to Building the Game, a documentary podcast. Today is Monday, June twenty second, and you're listening to episode four hundred and twenty one. Today, you're joined by me, Jason, as always, literally always. Uh, but also, special guest this week, uh, we have returning uh, co host of several times before. We have Nate Darty. Hey, Nate.
1: Howdy. I feel like special guests might be stretching at it. Eventually, you're on enough times, you're <laughs> just uh, an occasional guest, I guess
0: third wheel <laughs> ah, my phone just fell over that's not good yeah um oh you, yeah you got you, the, can still see me.
1: you got the pop mic yeah. i see
0: um, yeah oh yeah 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 we're fancy up in here i'm actually going to replace this mic because the builders care about this uh chris michaud uh if you're listening to this chris you're supposed to send me the mic you have so that i know what to buy uh, but i'm going to replace this with just a plug and play mic because i'm switching up to Uh, Doing everything from a laptop um, from this old beast of a computer that I've had for seven years. Um, So yeah, just got a new laptop and going to swap that out. Nice. Um, But in the meantime, uh, I still have these huge mics with these big old pop filters. I think he said the new mic actually will take my pop filter. So yeah, so I'll probably still use it because I I paid for it. So I might as well.
1: Yeah, and it's strange how audio equipment has gotten to be somewhat affordable, I mean, I guess po- right. I mean, podcasts wouldn't exist if it if for most people anyway. If it if it weren't
0: right, at least not ones that sound halfway decent, right? Right. This mic was actually the mic I'm gonna buy is actually more expensive than the mic that I'm currently using um, because it's you know plug and play um, and it's like a Blue Yeti Snowball or so. I'm just making up words now, but it's, it's some <laughs> fancy thing. Um, so yeah, because of that, it's going to be, you know, like, uh, it's slightly more expensive, but it also, um, is way easier to use this. This was only like a hundred bucks. I think we got it on sale for a hundred bucks. Um, eight years ago. So yeah. Yeah. Eight years. Long time ago. (laughs) Eight years. This podcast has been going on for a very, very long time. Case you haven't noticed. I know you have, you've been listening since the beginning. So yeah. And gosh, you were on what for four hundred? So you were on twenty-one episodes ago.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I actually co-hosted with just you either shortly before that or shortly after that, some other time when
0: it was one of the two. Did. Yep. Yeah,
1: I'm just the, the the you know I'm the substitute. Like when you can't yes, find you are anyone one them, yes. else, <laughs> it's like uh, well I, I don't you have were a always. Life.
0: You're always polite, though. I ask on Twitter and say, hey, I need somebody to record with me. And you basically always say, if you don't have someone else, let me know and I'll jump in. So which is always very nice of you.
1: Yeah. And like last time I DM'd you because I didn't even want to, you know, I don't want to discourage other people right, from right. doing it because it's, it's fun and the more voices, the better. I don't need to be on here. But I, of course, enjoy being on here and I hope people listening get some value out of it. Um, but sure, like I think last week I got bumped for Eric, but Eric was great. I I loved it. Oh episode. man,
0: Eric was amazing. That was such a fun episode. I mean, we talked about some heavy stuff, but it was so much fun. I'm still thinking about those those ridiculous games that he pitched. Like yeah. they were crazy in the best way. And so like yeah, I, I, I just, was explaining kaiju haiku to my wife, and I was like, it's it's insane,
1: right? I like I liked the moment when you were like, and I thought kaiju haiku was going to be the crazy game that you pitched. <laughs> right, right, Nope, I got
0: Spotify. Check it out.
1: I actually had a thought, like not too far off from that uh, for an app, but I'm not an app guy. Of just like a meme game where you, you basically put in one word or a phrase, and then uh-huh. and then. You know, you picked one of the memes that came up and then everyone else had to guess what word or phrase you put in to get that meme.
0: Oh, nice.
1: Or, you, yeah, or, you know, you could do it a variety of different ways like that. Like you give a word or phrase, you know, sort of Apple's Apple style and everybody puts in a meme and you vote for the one you think is the best or whatever. But, right, right. So yeah. anybody out there that's got the app skills, go for it credit me somewhere in there. Don't worry about royalties. Just <laughs> send me a free copy. Just give me idea from, and and that's good enough for me. Um, I'll still put it on my resume, right?
0: Right, right. So what have you, uh, what you've been up to in all this uh, quarantine time? We haven't talked since uh, everything went the pits, you know, right. in every way possible. Yeah, we actually, so, yeah.
1: we actually drove not far from your house literally the week before all this Quarantine started in early. March. Oh, really? Yeah, well, Jamie's should have
0: stopped in. It was safe back then.
1: Well, it was like Jamie's grandfather passed away, and he lives up in oh, Michigan. Okay. Well, that's not funny. Uh, yeah, he, he was a 99 year old uh, World War II vet, great, wow. just a very kind, great man. Um, he served in all three theaters in World War II and in Korea. Um, anyway, wow. we went up there because that's where Jamie's dad's family's from, and it's closer to Detroit and Howell, Michigan. And on the way up there, and we were like, well, we could stop in and, and see the Slingerlands. But because of the, like, the quarantines weren't in place yet, but we knew they were coming. And we we're like, well, this is probably better if we don't. And so we didn't. And, yeah. the, and yeah. then on the Monday, that Monday, we went to the, the f- funeral in the morning and then had lunch at a restaurant that was his favorite restaurant. And then we were literally their last customers before they closed the restaurant. Uh, and we drove home. Oh, not, wow. We were not sure we were going to find anywhere open to have lunch. Luckily, there was a Culver somewhere in Indiana that um, we managed to get into. But and like all the employees, it was all these teenagers, they were just so happy to see human beings.
0: <laughs> right, right, right.
1: Um, but, yeah, so we decided not to come visit, but we'll, we'd like to come no, visit scary. again that's when scary. when all this craziness is over.
0: Um, we would love that. We would love that. Yeah.
1: So we've been, you know, I, I work from home anyway, and, and Jamie's working from home, and the boys are both home. So we've been doing a Everybody's sort of... home? Yeah. Well, we've, I was talking about we finished our third floor, and that was really because we needed to have a workspace where one of us could actually get work done. So, yeah,
0: yeah, I hear that. We so have an office in our basement for that. Yeah. Bedroom to that. So yeah, I get it.
1: Yeah. Like in the mornings I'm downstairs with the kids and then at noon we switch and I come up here and actually get work done. Um, we did add my parents into our bubble because they had been quarantining for a number of weeks. Um, and they, it's just my two parents, uh, and so they really missed the kids, and we really needed someone to take the kids a couple of days a week so that we could actually have two full work days. Um, so we did sort of merge our bubbles together, and um,
0: right now right. they can watch. Yeah, the I kids. mean, there's necessity there, right, on some of those. And yeah, if you're careful about it and you're doing it the right way, it's not that big of a deal. And I'm confident that you both are doing it the right way. <laughs> no, we are too. So yeah, and we've we've yeah.
1: I mean, and I, I totally own that. That I am so fortunate to have that opportunity, and I know I
0: right, right
1: can't imagine the people out there who don't have those those opportunities available. This is this is really um, showing the childcare crisis. That's kind of one of those other things that people have gotten by so bare bones for so long, and now this comes along, and you just see how much people had just barely been making ends meet to get their kids, you know, watched when they needed their kids to be watched and stuff. Um, so hopefully that'll be some, some help around that would be a good result of all this, I think. Um,
0: yeah, yeah, that's certainly, you know, I mean, that's something to, I was, it was interesting. I, we had tried to get into summer camps. Gosh, Oh, yeah. Uh, end, of the la- end of last year, right? Yeah. And uh, they were full. For some reason, there was a rush for this season. Now I'm sure we could get in. Um, but, <laughs> um, you know, I-, I saw a friend on Facebook post that they were going to this summer camp. And it was the one we had tried to get into and didn't because it was full. And I was like, oh, gosh, like, they're sending their kid there because they have to. you right. know? Um And, like, I would definitely not send my kids there right now. Um, But they don't have the privilege that we have to not have to send our kids there. You know, I I can just basically not work much and stay home with the kids. And you know, my wife is here too, but she's she she needs to work because one of us has to have a full time job. And (laughs) um, so yeah, right. Yeah, and uh, interesting.
1: I will shout out to our local libraries. Uh, They were supposed my Corin, my older boy, five year old. He was supposed to go to two different library summer camps, day camps um, and they switched them both, uh, one of them was online, it was a Lego camp that they did nice. uh, through Zoom meetings and the kids who had physical Legos all went into one breakout room and the kids who were using, uh, I think it's called like Brick City two, Studio 2.0 or something you, yeah. I'm sure if you want it, you can Google it and uh, it's free software we can build virtually with Legos, so
0: oh neat! That's that really w- nice. it was a
1: little too above his level, but like Josiah and Laurel, pro- at least Josiah definitely would pick it up right away. Laurel probably would be far behind. That's really cool. Um, and then we have one next week, which is can't make it. And they just sent us a backpack with all the materials, and we can kind of do it on our own pace. So, I, kudos to them for you know really trying their best to keep these things going.
0: Yes, yeah
1: um yeah i mean otherwise we're just doing the stuff that everybody's doing keeping our heads down all that we've been going hiking every weekend because um
0: we've been doing a bit of that too yeah yeah.
1: good excuse to go explore the state trails and and get outdoors while still being able to keep a distance from people Uh, so and exactly we're going on a cruise to alaska next year hopefully And so we've been using this as an excuse to get the boys to walk the whole way and not ask to be carried or anything. It's like, oh, well, when we're in Alaska, you know, you got to be able to hike. It's worked out well, right? Right. Even the three year old can go one point six miles now. So,
0: right. Good. We, um, yeah, we're going to Alaska theoretically the next year. So, yeah, yeah.
1: I realize we're probably interesting. We're talking about stuff that we as friends care about, and listeners probably are like, "Whatever, dude." Um, <laughs> I have been playing a lot of games lately because yeah.
0: What, what, you, what did you play of late?
1: Um, well, if you don't follow Matt Riddle on Twitter, and who would, right? Um, now Matt auctioned off a bunch Not of me. in a bunch of his games, and that he you know was kind of done with, and then uh, the auction the bids went to one of two Black Lives Char- Matters Charities based in Detroit. Um,
0: oh, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, it was super cool, and he paid for postage and everything. So I bid on a couple games. I got outbid for Chocolatiers, but I got Sunflower Valley, which is a, a real simple, real fun little roll and write. Um, that's, you're, it's a hex board, and you're just sort of trying to connect houses together and put sheep around and, and do sorts of fun things.
0: That name, by the way, just screams Roland Wright. Like when you said Sunflower yeah. Valley, and you're like, "It's," a, I was like, "He's gonna say Rollin' Wright." Yeah, because yeah. I don't know. That name just says I'm a Rollin' Wright. Right, exactly. It, it was a heavy euro. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I I don't know. We get we played a little card game called Beer Garden. I can't remember who makes it, but.
0: Yeah, yeah, I've heard of that. Okay, yeah, it's...
1: You got a starting card, which is sort of your bar area, then you're laying out cards around it to build your beer garden with different colored tents, and you're trying to connect different colored tents into patterns and stuff. Uh, It was easy and fun, uh, pretty lightweight. I haven't gotten too much heavy stuff out, just because, you know, who wants to play a heavy game right now? (laughs) At least I don't.
0: Yeah, we we haven't really either. Um, I did just... Buy well, I ordered pre ordered a game which I rarely ever do, but I did just pre order um, the new Kinesia game. Have you seen that? I can't, I think it's called My City.
1: Uh, Yeah, Uh, I think I saw it briefly. I didn't look
0: into it. So it's a family level legacy game, cool, uh, where you build a city like out of like it almost looks from the cover. I looked at very little of this, Um, but I actually it's this started because I ordered a book um, and I didn't want to pay shipping. (laughs) <laughs> so I ordered a game. Um, so it, to not pay like $6 in shipping, I paid $39 for a game. It made sense. It, was, it all made sense to me. Right?
1: That's called justification. But anyways, yeah.
0: yes, yeah. But it, but it means that I got a new game. So that's going to come at the end of July, and I'm really stoked about that because it's um, – yeah, it just looks like fun. And it's like it's a patchwork style. It looks like from the cover game where you're building a city, and then you are – what you build in the city – uh, augments how the game plays the next time. You do that twenty four times, which is a lot. Yeah. And it's you can just not play it that way and use the other side of the board and just play like normal. So um, yeah. So I thought well thirty. I think it might have been thirty four ninety eight. Even I was like you know what that's. I'll give that a try. Let's let's do that. So yeah. So um, my wife and I are going to try that one together. So I'm excited about that. Cool.
1: We did a. a- a game swap with some friends of mine where they put some games in a bag and I put some games in a bag and then we left the bags for each other. Um, Nice. So I I haven't gotten to some of those games yet, but I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, But I gave them a bunch that I think they'll like. Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think. I picked up a game a long time ago at like a Goodwill store called Night of the Grand Octopus. It's a yellow game. And it's social deduction familiar. it's kind of a deduction game but it's definitely it's like making fun of Cthulhu you know you're a cultist and you're trying nice, to nice. Um, you're trying to well, I guess maybe deduction isn't the right word it's, um, you're trying to guess what room every, everyone else is going to go into and you send your little mini Cthulhu into that room because if they're in the same room then they can't gather the necessary things to open the portal but if you're in a room by yourself, ah, okay. you can get the thing. And once you have four of the six, you you win. Uh, so it's pretty light. It's I think it's by the art and the name and everything. It's geared more towards kids, you know, eight to twelve probably. But we and we enjoyed it. But we only had three at that time, and I think more than three would be better because it was too easy to avoid everyone else um, with just three people and seven rooms. Right. Or whatever. Right. Yep. Uh, but it was a fun little game. Uh, I'm sure we played a bunch of others. I've I've been really trying to get through all the games that I own that I haven't played yet. Um, as I counted, I started a spreadsheet, and I have uh, I think 330 games, and I there, there's <laughs> yeah. almost 50 of them that I've never played. Uh, so
0: that's that's not bad. I I probably have 300 ish games, and I I probably have. 150 that I haven't played. Yeah, (laughs) That's not true. I probably have close to 100 though.
1: You're, you amaze me when you're just like, I liked that game so I bought it. I'm like, what? I like that game so I think about it for two years and see if I really want to buy
0: it. Yeah, no, I'm, I am, uh, I am an impulse buyer when it comes to games especially. So, uh, yeah, so I'm just like, oh, that game was fun. Let's buy that game. Um, Yeah, and then let's not play it. And actually, it sucks because I used to sell games back to... um, Remember that big... when Last time you were here, I had that big thing of games. Yeah, I ended Uh, up getting one of them. Yeah, which is good because uh, I I finally, like, two months later, went to the store and they're like, we don't want any of these. I was like, what? He's like, (laughs) no, we just don't need them anymore. So now I've got all these games. I refuse to donate them to Goodwill because, like... Like, because I want them to go to, like... Pe- like, I, I understand that if I send them to Goodwill, like, some gamer could get them, right? But, like, there's no guarantee that's going to happen, right? Like, I want it to, like... I want somebody who's, like, going to buy a game. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm being stupid, but...
1: Honestly, I um, think most gamers who get games from Goodwill are just looking for parts. <laughs> um, yeah,
0: see? Okay, so there. Like, there game go.
1: design. Yeah. I guess I'm thinking of game designers, but... Um,
0: I've done that, too, yeah.
1: I The way I try to reframe that... And it's something I'm trying to teach my kids so that they're not hoarders or whatever. I, I like to think of it as, you know, let's let this... We enjoyed this. Let's let it go and have a new experience and bring enjoyment to someone else. You know, the, I, I think of that way with right, books, right. too. And, you know, I, I cut my book collection down massively a couple of years ago. And it was just like, I love these books. I love them so much. I want someone else to get them and... and love them so maybe by just putting them in goodwill maybe some 10 year old kid is going to be like this game looks cool and you're going to turn him into a gamer with that game you never know
0: see that makes me want to donate them yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that I, like f- that I like. honestly I'm, I'm the same way with DVDs by the way I have like 300 DVDs and I, I need to get rid of probably 250 of them
1: right yeah, yeah. honestly it, you can always donate them to some place like uh, you know a Boys and Girls Club a uh,
0: That I would feel better about.
1: Even, like, a children's wing of a hospital. You know, there's all sorts of places. I think, um, I want to say women's prisons sometimes need stuff because, you know, they have kids come and visit things. So, like, there are places that will take a game (laughs) if you're willing to get it. It's sometimes not so easy to find, but, you know.
0: Yeah, I would rather donate to a place that's going to use them rather than just, like, sell them. So, yeah. Other than like, yes, if I was going to give them... I mean, giving them my game store was basically supporting a small business where I'm just going to turn around and basically trade those for new games. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, so... Hey, let's talk about a topic, by the way. Sure. We've been talking for like three hours now. The podcast is five hours long today.
1: Yeah. Um, This is what happens when you have friends who don't get together for a while. Uh, (laughs) All right. So okay. So I, I am a white male, uh, you know, I, I, as an ally to what's going on now, I, my, I know my first role is not to be the voice, but to support others to be the voice, you know? Right. And so I was trying to think about like, I, you know, I have opinions, but my opinions aren't what matters right now. So, but I am a political scientist. I taught college level political science for 10 years. Um, So, I thought, well, maybe I can give it a little bit of that context. Uh, And I am going to relate this to game design. Uh, So, it's really... Right. I'm going to talk about institutions and institutional change. And that is, uh, you know, games are institutions. So, what I mean is that... You know, I'm not talking about institutions as in specific organizations, but rather institutions in in the political science and economics concept, because it was originally an economics theory, is, you know, a set of rules, you know, formal and informal rules that basically frame the choices you have and the costs and benefits of making those choices. Um, and obviously you can kind of see how that's already very much like a game. Um And, you know, these institutions are often long-lasting and often very big and, and, you know, have big impacts. Uh, And really, you know, so it comes down to this idea of rules, right? That's the core of an institution. they are formal rules, like laws and policies. And, and of course, in um, game design, the formal rules is the rule book. Or, may, you know, also would include things like texts on cards that tell you what to do or, or spaces on the board that got, you know, that determine what you do. And then there's the informal rules, and that's really more like social norms, um, you know, mores, things like that that aren't written down anywhere, right. but they're still important and they're still enforceable. And so, a good example of this in my house is when we play competitive games, we don't gang up on one person. You know, that's not written in any game rules generally.
0: Right. Right. But yeah, Um, but you know, just a way to not be We, we
1: don't want to play that way. Uh, you know, and we don't want to be like, that's not the experience we want. So there is a, a strong informal rule in our house that we're not going to gang up on one person. It's one of the reasons we don't really play munchkin because the only way to play munchkin is to gang up on the leader. Right. Um, not to knock Munchkin, it can be fun
0: sometimes, but uh, no, but I mean, that is, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, it's just not something our house enjoys. Um, and so that's you know, that's the different kinds of rules, and and what you'll find is that it's hard to change the rules because those who in power, those who benefit the, from the rules, will do what they can to maintain the status quo, um, and Obviously, yes. you know, and the, the parallels now is that what you're seeing is, you know, there are formal and informal rules out there that are allowing police officers to murder black people. And it's not changing quickly because there are people in positions of power that, that, you know, have a stake in the rules being what they are now. Um,
0: right, right.
1: And typically change happens at the margins you know, there there's small incremental things that can benefit a person that they are willing to change or willing to act on, but it takes a long time for those marginal changes at the outside to work their way into the core. Um, you know, think about how long we've been struggling for civil rights, or even the attitudes of people towards the LGBTQ community. All of these things are changing for the better, but they're slow. <laughs> It, you know, it starts with, it's right. uh, you know, everybody... It's just the little things. People being more comfortable coming out. Or, you know, people having more diverse sets of friends. Or, like, our kids' generation, where more than half of the kids are people of color or children of color. So, like, demographics. But those are very slow. Um You know, in game world, this is, like, almost every euro, right? You don't have big change every turn you do one small action that gets you a little <laughs> closer to your goal Get you hopefully get you a little bigger payoff you know most games are that way you take a turn you get a little closer to your goal there aren't many games where one turn changes everything drastically right, uh,
0: right. I, but one of the things that popped into my head as you started to say this about games that i think is Putting the games in a very fra- different frame of reference than you're speaking of, but is the same thing. Which is, if you look at highly competitive games, like professionally competitive games, uh, and I'm talking about board and card games, take a Magic or something like that, right? Right. Um, the uh, the idea of certain cards are or certain things, figures, miniatures, whatever, depending on the game, are are better than others, right? Right. And that creates a market for that. Um, And then a lot of people will capitalize on that, right? Now, the people who are capitalizing on that flaw or overpoweredness of something, they don't want it to change because they're winning because of that, right? Right. And um, within some competitive games, um, I I don't know enough about professional magic to speak on that, um, but um, within some professional games, I mean, some competitive games, um, they shy away from banning cards and things like that because then the people who have sunk all that money into it right now feel disenfranchised by that right like well i i spent all this money to win this game um and now i can't because you've taken away you know the advantage i had which wasn't necessarily that i was super good it's that i could get the best stuff right (laughs) Right? right um and that is a lot like what you see in institutions in the world right yeah um where you know and then you find that if they do make big sweeping changes People will, people will leave, right? And, and people will quit. And, um, but if they don't make sweeping changes, they also may not get in newer people and newer voices because that old guard that's just the best uh, is untouchable, right? Right. Um, and, and it didn't even occur to me until you started bringing that up that that is a really good example of what the world is like a lot of times, and that's kind of crazy to me.
1: Well, I think you see it within the game design and game publishing community. 20 years ago, 30 years ago, I guess now, There was Hasbro, Mattel, Parker Brothers, you know, the the big conglomerate. And that was basically it, you know. And they had no desire to change because they were making tons of money. They were in every Walmart and Target and all that. Uh, But it also incentivized some people to find that margin, find that open space, you know, and start to... Weasel their way in there. Weasel sounds so negative, but you know, they they stuck in. I they know, found so, yeah. their they found their niche, and they and now look at it. You know, yes, the big companies are still making the big money, but you you know, you have game companies that didn't exist thirty years ago that are now significant companies. You know, think of As- right, I think right. I doubt Asmodee is that old. You know, right? Um,
0: or, or even like a smaller company like Pandasaurus. I mean, they said something recently that shocked me shocked me like i didn't even think this was a thing but um they the mind extreme is coming out now right yeah and it said the follow-up to the mind which has sold over one million copies holy crap right i was like wait no that's gotta be a misprint but no like one million copies yeah um, you know, I mean, when you look at what a normal company does, like for a game, <laughs> it's, it's nowhere near there. So anyways, um, I, that's a diversion, but yeah, I mean like these smaller companies that are pushing in, um, aren't always so small, right? You know, one blockbuster in, in their in, you know? Right. And I think,
1: you know, kind of to, to continue with the, the theory of, of institutions and institutional change, like there are, um, times when big change can happen the uh, the the official name for it is punctuated equilibriums, but you know whatever um there's still i would say technical some good debate over what factors and what you know the weight of those factors in causing institutional change but it it can happen in a big moment and i think whatever you think the factors may be what I think something you can agree on, no matter what, is it's about a confluence of factors, and I think that's yes. I think that's why this is happening now. You know, right? Right. We all know this is not. You know, George Floyd, George Floyd, may he rest in peace, was not the first black man to be unjustly killed by the police. Uh, sadly, you know, it's been around. I think. I've seen over a thousand black men killed by the police every year for, you know, a long time. So why is this one, you know, why wasn't it Ferguson 15 years ago, or five years ago, actually six years ago now in Ferguson? Why, you know, that got some traction, but why didn't that lead to big change? Right. Or, you know, all these cases and the, the line of the name list of names is so long. Um, why this moment? And I would say that it is not only the, not just George Floyd's death, but the, the social media, the ability to record these things and post them to the entire world accentuates that. But not only that, I don't think this right. would have quite happened like it is without Coronavirus. You know, yeah, it, we, you know, I think
0: Eric touched on that a little bit. The idea that we're all at home, right? We all have time, yeah. so we can mass protest when normally people who would support a cause but not get out there and fight for it because uh, they got stuff to do, right? Right, don't have stuff to do,
1: and there's they, already can, can, yeah, there's already, go already out there. these extra stresses in our life and. You know, right, right. And, and that's not to take away from all of the people out there working hard to make change. I, I don't want to feel like I'm taking away from the effort they're putting in. Um, I'm just trying to sort of give it a sort of a, what do you call it, like a three thousand mile view or whatever. Like I, I'm trying to right. give you, know, you a little I... bit of a wider perspective. And frankly, the other confluencing right. confluencing factor here, and I, I will get very political for a minute is that we have a dirtbag human piece of garbage as a president.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Dumpster fire. Yeah. And that Uh, obviously that is when you have a polarizing individual that in a circumstance like this, where there's obviously things have been done wrong. And then he is just basically not only doesn't care, but is antagonistic. about it.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, one of the differences, people, Oh, sorry. One of the differences of Ferguson is Barack Obama was still president and no, our problems didn't magically disappear by electing a black president, but it's a different conversation when you have someone like Barack Obama, even if it had been George W. Bush, like,
0: even for if all it had been his anyone, flaws, I'm, yeah. You know, yeah, had, like, presidents need to understand how to heal yeah. a nation, how to bring a nation together, and even if they're divisive, because they all are. I mean, nowadays, we will probably, for the next, in our lifetimes, Nate, we will probably not have another president that is unifying like, I just don't, like, in a right. massive way. Um, it's going to take right. a long time to get there. But the other thing I think that you don't want to, like, you had said the social media thing that it helped um, really the, with the George Floyd and, and turning it into protests. But what what I, I think is important to note about the social media thing is I think the big difference wasn't that the social media allowed it to proliferate so much. that was that was helpful but we've had that before what it was i think was that this man was murdered there was no like you have you have people who have been like i support the police and i don't you know like like they there's always a reason right well this person shouldn't have resisted this person shouldn't have did this and those are all bs reasons right i mean that unless you are actively attempting to kill the police like They have no right using lethal force on you, right? Right. Um, And even then, like, they should be using proper restraint because they're trained for those situations, right? They are trained for those situations. Supposedly. But with George Floyd, we had video of him laying there for eight minutes and 46 seconds dying. Yeah. And he wasn't resisting. He was begging for help. And four people who were supposed to protect people stood there and just... Uh, some of them watched him die others you know and then one of them actually murdered him right um and that i think is that an instance like that takes people who before may have been doubters who now realize like i I actually had a friend reach out to me on facebook who has always been um like very you know like well this is probably this person's fault and just say like i was wrong like I, i i get it now I get it now, and I want to be part of the solution. Like, and right. that's, you know, and, and that's fantastic, right? Um Yeah, and I, I think, think you that see that a lot want to be part of that of the solution. Yeah,
1: I see. I think you see a lot more of that. My my wife works with you know a bunch of people, and Anheuser Bush tries hard to to you know do their best as a company and all that. But just like some of her individual coworkers, you know, the and I don't mean to overly stereotype but an actual person I know of you know 60 something year old empty nester white suburban mom kind of lady who had made comments in the past that made you know kind of make you cringe just just out of ignorance not flat out racism or right, anything right, just like yes. kind of yeah,
0: oh, yeah, yeah, yes, does, yes. doesn't
1: get it and now she's uh, you know she's asking questions AB A- set up some listening sessions and what not and you know, she's asking these questions like, Well, I didn't get it and, you know, she's like, I went to a protest and it was really eye opening and you know, just that that's what you, you know, want to see more of.
0: Right. Um And that's obviously what we hope comes out of all this. Yeah. I mean, and so I guess nothing we- nothing will fix what happened. I mean nothing no. will make it okay that, that George Floyd was murdered by again, by those who should have been protecting him. I um, guess so you know, that's Yeah.
1: So what I would say is, um, what makes this different different than previous times, and what makes me more hopeful about real action this time is this that there are these various factors that are all in play at once. So my message to you is keep pushing because I think, and you, the listeners, I mean, you know, keep pushing because I think this is a time where you could really actually see some big stuff, you know, like, you know, like when the 13th, 14th and 15th amendments were passed, like the 1960s civil rights legislation, like you could really see a push. Um, and I'm not going to tell you who to vote for, for president. Uh, I haven't fully made up my mind, not between Trump and Biden, between Biden and third party, really. (laughs) But, (laughs) um, Vote and and get active, because I do think this is a time when we have a chance to really leverage some change. Um, Right, yeah. And It's important. And, you know, not that I want to put game design on the same level as important social justice issues that are actually about human beings and their lives, but to put it back to game design terms and maybe hopefully... (laughs) lighten it up a little bit, because, honestly, this much seriousness for this long can, gets me stressed out, <laughs> um, is that, like, think about the, when you're designing a game, think about that experience you want, and if you're going to have, you know, the sort of little bits every turn, which is what most games are, and that's fine... That's going that kind of happens normally if you want a big change in your game, some dramatic culmination, you have to plan those factors in
0: um, right you have to yeah you have to give the players to see that culmination right of events right
1: with that's without a ramp up yeah. without an intentional design in to ramp things up, you're not going to design a game that does that naturally
0: um, right right yeah. in games that ramp up that is yeah I mean that like, it, you know, it keeps like, you engaged, right? It's it's one of the it's. But think about it; it's the exact same thing as social issues, right? What yeah. keeps you engaged in social issues is when there is movement, right? Either either things are getting worse, or things are getting better, or you know, th- stagnation be- becomes boring, right? for For your average American, right? Yeah. Oh, they're still protesting. Oh, nothing's changing. Oh, I'm gonna move on, right? Right um, like, and that's that's not good. I'm, gonna, that's, I'm not supporting that. that's terrible, but but that's the reality of kind yeah. of our focus, and I think it's the same in, in, in if you're looking at trying to compare it to a game design, I, I think there's definitely some similarities there. just um, yeah, plan
1: plan that experience. I know we all know that and but this is, I think it hopefully this is a way people haven't thought about it. You're building an institution and you're building the rules, but to push the metaphor a bit. Basically, what we're experiencing in real life is house ruling, right? Like, this is where they found the rules of the game to be unsatisfactory. The formal rules in the book, as well as the informal rules, all benefit, you know, police officers and other people in power, right? And so they've house ruled it. Like, these protests are about, like, if you're not going to give us the rules we need, we're going to go out and make our own rules, um, right. And right. yeah. So, like, that that's what you're going to get is, you know, sorry, Chris Michel, but one of the reasons that Monopoly gets so house ruled is, in my opinion, because it doesn't, like, I don't think those design elements are thought through um, in Monopoly, or at least not if you, I don't know.
0: Man. Uh, you might get into a fight with this guy. <laughs> I'm not even lying. <laughs> he might physically want to drive to your house and have a duel with you over that.
1: Well, as long as he can do it from six feet away, I'm okay with it.
0: (laughs) So, well, yeah, ten paces probably. Right. um, So, uh, I think the thing with house ruling is that, like, so if a game is broken, right, if a system is broken, you either, you do one of two things, right? You quit the game, like, you don't play the game anymore, or you fix it. Um, And I think that... You know, in games, a lot of times, um, when players, especially non-game designers, play a game, right, have an experience, it's in. They're like, "This is nah." It's easy to walk away from that. It's easy to say, "No, this isn't my thing," right? Right. Um. But, but when it is worth it, when something about it grabs you, right? Um. You say, "I don't know." Like, this is this game has potential. We can make a couple tweaks, and this game will be more fun. Let's do that, right? I think that's uh, how most
1: of us realize we want to be game designers, honestly, is we look and go,
0: wow, yeah,
1: I just like to house rule things. <laughs> you know, I like to fix things that right, right. I feel are You
0: know, I could just make my own game, yeah. but but the thing is, when you talk about systems in real life, is we can't quit that game, right? Right. Because that's life. It's not an option. Um, it is the literal game of life. Yeah. Um, and you you can't just quit that system, so you need to uh, find a way to house rule it to make it work. Right. Um, or... To lobby to change the the rules and get a second right. edition printed right <laughs> or in this case a you know 40th edition or whatever um of america um
1: yeah for yeah. 46th i think if you want to count it by the presidencies but
0: um <laughs>
1: yes i mean many people would say that the civil war was a second edition basically or the result of the civil war was republic part two yeah yeah um, yep you know so, yeah, maybe that's going to be my protest sign next time. We'll just be, we're house rolling this stuff.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if anybody's going to get it, but that's fine with me. I'll be happy.
0: Probably not. <laughs> probably not. The, Unless there happens to be another game designer out there pro, uh, protesting. Right, probably not. Right. But if, if they are, you will make a friend for life out of that. I <laughs> guarantee you. Right, right. Um,
1: so, yeah, I think so, that's a so, yeah. pretty good summary of... of Hopefully, there you see the overlap. I, I certainly don't want to diminish or belittle the social for the gaming, but I think there's some overlaps in the way you think that we can think about things there. So,
0: no, and one of the things that I um, so I've been working on some different things with my with my coaching business, trying to ramp back up for when I can actually do more of that work. Um, when you know things get a little more back to a routine that is a little more sustainable. Um, and you know, one of the things that I have been focusing on in in my workshops and in my speaking, you know, at least planning to focus on going forward, is really some thoughts around game design and how you apply game design to experience design and to just living life in general. Right. And I think there are a lot of principles that that go back and forth with that and dovetail very nicely into each other. Yeah. Um, so I I don't think it's weird to to talk about social institutions and how that compares to game design because yes life and game design you know imitate each other quite a bit or i guess mostly game design imitates life and life, art
1: right and
0: yeah right there was a thing about that hard. someone said one time yeah yeah <laughs> but so so yeah you know in in builders i know we've focused a lot on some heavier topics of late and you know i'm not going to apologize for that but uh but i understand it's it's um it's probably draining if you're looking for a diversion i know i've said this before this is the wrong podcast for that and and for that i will apologize that if you need a diversion right now i understand that uh and we're not that and and that's that's tough you know um because nate and i would love and myself and the other coast would love to be able to come sit down and just talk about games and have a great time but with the documentary aspect of this show we just don't know how to do that um, we're not flip the table right talking about Christmas show a lot right I think can, we can't just sit down and have fun and play weird board games um, because that's not our deal so so we're going to talk about stuff and it's going to be uncomfortable sometimes and and uh, yeah so so if you have thoughts on that though like if you're struggling with that I would I would actually like to hear that from you you know so reach out right uh, I'd love to have a conversation with you about it
1: yeah and, so, and certainly if if I'm wrong, or if people disagree with me. I'm always, I, I try very hard to keep an open mind and an open ear, so I'm happy to hear feedback as well. Um,
0: yeah, if you want to send hate mail to Nate, you can send it to me. I will gladly forward it to him. Or you can find him on Twitter <laughs> yeah. I'm at Nate Darty You know, just send it on. It's great. Yeah,
1: exactly. So I can lighten the mood a bit because, uh, you know, I think we've spent some good time talking here, and, and let's have a little bit of fun here. Um,
0: Now you're going to pitch a game. Yes. It's going to be lighthearted and fun, you promise.
1: Yes. Um, So, well, before I do that, I do want to make a plug for Yelly's Marble Run. If you haven't watched the John Oliver episode on coronavirus sports, or sports during the coronavirus, you can actually skip to about minute 17 if you don't want to watch the whole thing. And he talks about Yelly's Marble Run. It's these like competitive marble races. It's so spectacular. I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. And, oh, didn't
0: I email you? Yeah, I emailed
1: you, didn't I?
0: Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, you did. We're, no, we're, yeah, doing, yeah, a, yeah. we're
1: doing a whole league where we're all just picking teams to cheer for, and uh, whoever's team wins, we're all going to have to donate to a charity for them. And we're going to have like live wa- That's fantastic. watch parties over Zoom just because it, it's fun. Anyway, uh, so I'll make that plug, but now the game. So I'm going to pitch a game that I call Smashed to Orbits. Kind of a combination there. Uh, a portmanteau, yeah. if you will. Um, it's a roll-and-write, but I think it's... I haven't ever seen a roll-and-write that does this with the dice. Maybe I'm, I just haven't seen it, but it exists. But basically, you have a central board that everyone shares, a piece of paper.
0: I've seen that in lots of games.
1: Thanks. Um, <laughs> And the board is just a planet in the middle and a couple of rings around it. So at the beginning of the game, everybody names the planet together. And what you do on, and everybody has their own little score sheet too. On your turn, you take the two dice, 2d6, two and you roll them onto the board. And then you pick the one you want to keep and remove the other one. These are, the dice are, are asteroids that are coming into the planet's orbit.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, yeah.
1: And where the two rings are basically, if they land between the inner ring and the planet, that will affect your ability to affect the die. I think, if I remember correctly, I've revised it a couple times, but if it lands between the planet and the first ring, then you can increase or decrease the die number by one. And if it lands between the first and second ring, uh, I think you can swap two dice on your... uh, chart that I'll talk about in a minute. So you pick one of the two dice you roll, you trace, you outline that die with like a pencil around the base, and then you pick it up and write the number that was on the die in that box that you just made. Um, Uh And you write that number, modified if you get that bonus, into, you basically have a 3 by 3 grid. That's your asteroid field. You know, your um, orbital field. So you write the, n- the number somewhere on one of those nine spaces <clears throat> and then you pass the dice on and at the end of the game you will filled up, it goes ten rounds, so you'll fill up all nine squares and you actually have an extra that you can substitute in later. And then you score like across, down, and both diagonals and you score, right now I've got the scoring set sort of poker style if you will. You, you get a certain number of points for if you have a pair in that line, more points if you have three of a kind in that line, or you can have a, a, a sequence, three, four, five, or whatever, in that line, and that scores as well. Um, and so, nice. And you're scoring, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different lines, actually, uh, like one of those really complicated jackp- right or uh, slot machines. Yep, yep. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And what we're, Just
0: tell me if I won.
1: Yeah. Where it gets interesting, I think anyway, is as you go around, you're tracing those dice. well those dice, those squares that you trace are asteroids that are orbiting the planet. So as you roll later, if your die ends up on overlapping with one of those dice or with the central planet, your asteroid has smashed. Now if it smashes into the pl- okay okay, if it's smashed into the planet, it's gone. That's why you get two dice. Hopefully one of them is your safe roll. If it lands on top of another dice, or another square, then you compare the values, and if one is higher than the other, then the smaller die is smashed, whether that's the die you just rolled, or you can erase the square that's already there, if that's lower.
0: Okay, okay, Um, yeah.
1: And so, you know, you could potentially lose both your rolls... And I had a little tally to keep track of how many times you smashed another asteroid versus how many times you got smashed, and there would probably be points for that as well. Um, so, yeah, basically it would be kind of fun in the sense that like, the, as you go around the table, the, the board is going to get more and more crowded with asteroids, and it's going to be harder and harder to, to yes. place your... And your grid is going to get, you know, your personal scoring grid is going to get tighter and tighter with right fewer right. open spaces. So, you know, you're going to have to try to manipulate things and, and try to get the best scoring out of that possible. Um, that's where I've got it now. I've, I've played through it a few times. I, I actually am, like, generally happy with where it is. Like, I could put together a cell sheet and pitch it right now, and I think I would, I'd feel good about my pitch. Um, nice, that's great. And it, it really is a cheap game. It's, like I, I probably will put it on a print and play, like PNP Arcade or somewhere, because it's really just two sheets of paper and two dice. Um, right, right. So it's really pretty easy. Now, I'd love to have a graphic designer get a hold of it or an artist and make it more than just black ink on white paper. But, um, you know, so anyway, that's Smashed to Orbits. Uh, That's cool.
0: I, the only thing that popped into my head—that sounds like a lot of fun. I would love to try that. What the one thing that popped into my head that I thought was inter- that would, could be interesting was having some sort of a f- secondary effect if your asteroid hits the planet somehow, like to where like that actually could do something yeah. other than you lose it. You lose it, but also something else happens.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what, but that, I, that's a good idea. Otherwise, it's just a lost die, and that's—it's never fun to have a turn where you don't do anything and nothing happens. So,
0: right, yeah, like you could almost—you could have like maybe sections on the planet to where, like, depending on where it hit, you know, because you'd be able to kind of trace a line to where it hits. Yeah. Um, based on you know, um, you would uh maybe have like one-time use things. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Like you could do quarters, so, or or even you could do six uh, sections, and each one corresponding to a number on the die, or whatever.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Or yeah, yeah. in the, in then I mean, or you could have craters. To where if it lands in this crater, you get to keep your die, but you also somehow get something negative that happens. You know, so. Yeah, I don't know. I like throwing out random ideas to jack up people's games.
1: No, I like it because the the reason I put a planet in the middle, honestly, was just to. Cloud up the middle of the space to get so people weren't just gonna roll towards the middle every time. Uh, you know now you have to kind of right, try right, to right. go around the edges. But uh, yeah, having something good or bad or whatever happen, just something happened sounds good because that does prevent dead spaces in your turns. Um, yeah, I, I, one of my problems I might still need to work out is well, what happens on the turns when somebody. You know, rolls off the board one, and then smashes the asteroid on the other. Then they have no number to put in their space, and uh, anywhere on the grid. Right, right. And part of the, part of that was why why I wanted ten rounds and to have that extra square, because then it's like, well, if you screw up one turn, you just have to put that number, or if you get a especially bad number, you just have to put it in that square, and that's your one oops, that's your chance, if you will.
0: Right. Yep. Yep. So, anyway,
1: I, I would like to get it out there in some form or another, either as just a free print play or, or maybe pitch it to some, somebody who does roll and rights. But I think like, I, dice dexterity is not uncommon, but I, I think the whole idea of like tracing around the die and creating that as something that lasts beyond that turn, I think that's fairly new. Yeah, I've never heard of or seen. I
0: think more. so too. I mean, it sounds exactly like Sunflower Valley, but you know. Yeah.
1: Well, I also thought of a
0: exact a, same.
1: Yeah, I thought of an advanced one. If you want to play advanced, you take a D twelve and roll it out there, and that's the moon that goes around the planet. So it's another obstacle. Nice. So that's that's advanced play only. <laughs> <laughs> Oh wow, we really um, no, that are. That
0: sounds like that sounds like fun.
1: We really are coming up on an hour here. I didn't realize. So um,
0: yeah, yeah, we uh, we stretch this one. You know, fill some time. Yeah, <laughs> kidding. I mean, yeah, no. The, actually, the last several shows have been longer, so we talk about lots of stuff. Shows go longer, which is fine. Uh, again, you know, um, I don't have to do a ton of fancy editing, so it's not hard. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. So I don't know. I I think that's all, right. all I got for now. I, I'm. Gonna miss everybody with all these cons canceled, but
0: yes, uh, yes.
1: Hopefully, uh, we'll all be able to get into a, a physical space again sometime in the future, uh, whenever.
0: That would be awesome. Yeah, I'm gonna certainly miss everyone, and I'm not looking forward to missing all the cons. I always say that I, I kind of store up energy over the summer going to all these conventions, and that gets me through winter. And right, I'm a little worried about next year.
1: <laughs> right. Well, I felt like this hey, thanks for- this. was the first year where I felt like I really had one or two games in a position to feel comfortable pitching them. Like I've never pitched even right, though I've been right. designing for eight years now um, because it's always been much more of a just a hobby. And I'm like, I feel like I'm finally in a place where I really want to try selling a game. And now I'm just like,
0: <laughs> no, that's happening. Right. Yeah, well, I'll tell you though, like if you if you can see the publishers you want and reach out to them, they are receptive. I mean, i've I've got I've had some really good game developments happen in the last month or so here, um, because because no one's going to conventions now, so publishers are willing to chat right now. Yeah, that's so true. I actually, yeah. So so I wouldn't shy away from that for you or for any of the other builders looking to pitch stuff. That's so, true. You know, look up publishers, uh, get the thing from Cardboard Edison, look through, find the. Uh, um, Find who to pitch to and, and do it up.
1: Cool. Yeah.
0: Well, hey, I appreciate you coming on the show. This was a good conversation and lots of fun. At least I thought so. Yeah. So I had a good time. And uh, I think your game sounds fun and I would love to play it sometime. You should definitely get somebody to design it up for you graphically and uh, put it on print and play. Just put it out there for a couple bucks, you know? Put it out there for 99 cents. Yeah. That's Sell good. enough copies, you pay that graphic designer off, you know? <laughs>
1: True enough.
0: Right um so all right well hey uh listeners thanks again for uh coming to join us again and uh if you want to get in touch with us you can find us at buildinggamepodcast.com email us buildinggamepodcast at gmail.com call us 770 BTG. twitter at podcastbtg at J. Slingerland at nate darty you can also find us on facebook itunes stitcher radio google play all the other places and until next time good night
1: Good night. Building the game which isn't in friends, which isn't in friends. Building the game, building
0: the game, which isn't in friends, which isn't in friends. Style 770LBTG, please don't use the email.